welcome back to the CCPL podcast. I, as always, am your host, Kirsten Real, branch manager of the Carteret County Public Library in Beaufort. And since this is our first podcast of the year, all I can say is, Happy New Year! <laughs> I know I'm like a lot of days late at this point, but you know what? That's okay, because the sentiment never dies. Happy 2022! I hope your 2022 so far has been amazing, and I hope it continues to be amazing. If it wasn't amazing, well, I hope it improves. And we are looking forward to a brand new year, brand new programs, brand new ideas, brand new things to bring you in 2022 here from the Carteret County Public Library. And one of those things is, of course, more podcast episodes. I'm hoping to bring you some wonderful, awesome amazing book podcast those are the podcasts that you guys seem to love so much you know what that's fine because you will never find a librarian who does not like talking about books and if you do i don't know something something's not right (laughs) i will talk your ear off about books all day every day so you know what i thought i'd do this time i'm gonna keep it simple i'm gonna keep it simple and i'm gonna talk about one of my I wouldn't say one of my all-time favorite authors, but you know what? She was my favorite author for years, uh, and that is Nora Roberts. Like, she has, she's a very prolific author. I think everybody is familiar with her on some level at this point. And, you know, maybe you have read her for years and love her too, or maybe you've been looking at her books and you've been thinking about starting her books but have never given her a shot. You know what? I'm going to talk to you about some of my favorites of hers. Uh, and I've read a lot. Now, granted, I used to read them all the time. Matter of fact, I started reading her when I was 10. Now, you might be asking yourself if you're familiar with Nora Roberts, how did you get away with reading that at 10? <laughs> Let me tell you something. A lot of it went over my head. But the parts that I did understand, I liked. <laughs> uh, but I do, I like uh, her older stuff. I have not read her in the past, I don't even know, like five years, six years, I haven't read her stuff. Uh, but before that, I was very much a huge Nora Roberts person. I still, some of my favorite books are still Nora Roberts books. So the books that I'm going to talk about from her are older books. Uh, they are not her newer things. They are some of her older works. But I think that they need to be revisited because they are really good. She she writes really, really well. And, you know, she's not just Nora Roberts. She writes under J.D. Robb, too. And J.D. Robb is science, is science fiction-y, futuristic, uh, very uh, detective. <laughs> like, uh, she's a detective. Eve Dallas is a detective in 2058, which, I mean, come on now. I can't even... I can't even think of 2023 at this point, let alone 2058. <laughs> so, and those started in the 90s. So, uh, the fact that you're able to even think that far in the future, I mean, good for you. Like, I can't even a little bit. So, anyway, long rant, but that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of my favorite Nora Roberts books. I hope you enjoy. Some of these are series, some of them are just standalones, but. Here we go. The very first one that I want to talk about is my all-time favorite of hers. And I can't even explain to you why. I can explain to you the summary and I can explain to you, you know, kind of 
what I like about it, but at the same time, I can't tell you why it's my favorite. It just is my absolute favorite, and that is Birthright by her. I love this book, <laughs> and I think I, I think I talked about this in another podcast. I'm not sure, but I, I love this book. So the the summer, the premise of this book is there's a woman who is around about 30. She's a divorced woman who is an um, archaeologist. And she gets called to a dig in Montana. And while she's there at this dig, it's just a, a an Indian site. And but there's something going on. There's some sort of mystery involved with this site. There's people are are getting hurt, and they're not sure why. So there's this big mystery around it. The town is going crazy over this thing, um, and the fact that they're they've dug up these artifacts, and there's this big big deal news-wise in this small town about this dig. And in the midst of this, a woman is watching the news story about the dig and sees this woman and believes that she is her biological daughter that went missing many years before. <laughs> so, But you're also getting to meet the ex-husband of this woman, the main woman, who is an anthropologist who also gets called in to help on this dig. So you're you're seeing the interactions between her and her ex-husband and all the drama there. And you're also getting to see the drama unfold with the potential biological mom. And you're also seeing the drama around the mysteries of the dig, the the um the dig, the the artifact dig. God, excuse me. I'm sorry. I can't, archaeological dig. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, you guys. It's 2022. It's like it's a Monday when I'm recording this. So that yeah, that explains why I'm just having a hard time apparently. But I love this book. I do. I it is my all time favorite from her. And the only thing I can think of to explain why I love this book so much is one. Not only do I like, I like archaeological stuff. I love history. I love learning anything to do with history, archaeology, all that good stuff. And it does talk about the techniques they used in, in on the archaeological dig. Uh, so I liked learning about that. I thought that was fascinating. But what I really like is the interaction between the main woman and her ex-husband. <laughs> because it's so drama. It's just drama. It's oh, and I'm all about that drama, man. I and not not for me. I don't want drama for me, but I love reading about drama. <laughs> like, I love it. It's just you know they're witty and they they have such great banter and the fact that they have this history together and you're reading it and you're going, you know what? I could totally believe that you two got divorced and then you know still have feelings for each other. Because it's just their personalities. And the main girl, her personality is just awesome. I love her personality. I can't even. It's like, okay, it's Eve Dallas's personality. If you're familiar with the J.D. Robb books, it's Eve Dallas's personality. Many years before she was born. <laughs> so I, I love it. I I think it's so well written and it's it's 
ensnares you. There are multiple things going on. So even if you might not be interested in the drama between the husband, the ex-husband and the ex-wife, maybe you'd be interested in the drama from the biological mama. Or maybe you're interested in the archaeological dig and the information from there and the mystery surrounding all that and why people are getting hurt and all this. I loved it. It It is just such a great book. I I cannot recommend it enough for anybody who has read Nora Roberts. If you've read that one, let me know what you thought, because I'm hoping you loved it as much as I did. For anybody who has not read Nora Roberts, it's a great gateway book. It's a great, great I would start with that one. <laughs> if you have not read any of her stuff before, read that one. Because, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, you're going to love it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I got a little too interested in that one, but I just, I love it so much, so much. All right, my next one from her is, I don't know, it's, it's not a three-parter, but it is, a, it's a three-parter, but it's not a three-book thing. I don't know, it's very confusing. So it's Montana Sky. I, that's also an old one. I, obviously, like I said, all of hers that I'm going to talk about are older. They, they just are, but they're all great. <laughs> so this one is about these women, these three women who find out that their biological father has died. Now, these three women do not live together. Matter of fact, they don't even know each other. <laughs> and it's it's this whole drama field thing of he the the biological dad, he was not exactly the, the best person in the world, best father in the world, and he had children with these women, and then the first two, he sent off elsewhere. They went off and, and lived their life elsewhere, and his youngest daughter stayed with him until she was a grown woman, and he he died. So she... He owns this ranch in Montana. It's always Montana. But uh, <laughs> he owned this ranch in Montana. And uh, so the, the youngest girl was raised on this ranch. That's all she's known. And she loves that life. That's her life. She enjoys that life. But the other two, because they weren't raised on the ranch, they don't know the first thing about it. They They don't know anything about the ranch life or taking care of animals and land and all that good stuff. Well, when he dies, they all come to the funeral and then they go back to the house. And again, these women don't know each other. They they all know each other. Uh, the youngest believes that she's going to be the one that inherits the ranch. But in reality, all three of them inherit the ranch. And there's a stipulation in there that says that they all have to take care of it or they all have to sell it. Like There's, no fans or buts about it. So she, the youngest one, gets very upset and is like, well, how are you two who've never done this? How are you going to handle this? And one of them's like, it's really, um, I, I hate to say that. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. She's just, she's very into her looks. She's very into taking care of her appearance and is not about the life of getting dirty and getting her hands in there to get dirty and, and taking care of things herself, she's not into that. That's not who, what she is. The, the other one is soft-spoken and is very 
introverted, very sweet, very timid. Um, so this younger girl is like, yeah, you two aren't tough enough to help take care of this this ranch. Well, they have no choice. Again, they have to. If they <laughs> either they all sell it or they all take care of it in the story. So this book, it's in three parts, and you're <laughs> You're reading it and, and finding out more information about the sisters as individuals. And then as they get to know each other and they're becoming actual sisters and how that takes place. And, you know, of course, it's Nora Roberts, so there's love involved. <laughs> so, I don't know. There are so many different things that are taking place here that I I loved. I loved the interaction between the sisters. I loved the interaction between the people who were familiar with the ranch life and the people who weren't familiar with the ranch life. I loved the way that the character development happened between the potential couples. I just, I loved all of it. And quite frankly, I loved the description of the ranch itself. Like, who hasn't thought at one point or another of going to Montana and just living that ranch life? I mean, not that it's easy by any means, but still. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's something appealing about it. There's something appealing about being able to wake up and smell that fresh air and take care of the animals and the and the land and that's your life. And there's something appealing about it, you know? Like, you answer to yourself and you are one with nature. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it's appealing to me. I think it sounds like an amazing life, you know, if that's, if that's the kind of life, kind of life you're into. So I loved it. I thought it was just captivating. They, they made it into a movie, a lifetime movie. I was not a fan of the movie. I'm not going to lie. Generally, when they turn a movie into a lifetime movie, I'm not really behind that. <laughs> I'm not even behind it when they turn a book into a, a movie period but I'm really not into it when they turn it into a, a, a B movie like because it's just not going to be good like the book was good but that's about it just like you can just leave it be you know we don't have to go and turn everything into a movie dadgummit you know some things can stay the way they were and leave it alone <laughs> anyway, so I I really think that this is one of her best books. I I really I can't say enough about it. I think it was one of the earliest ones that I read by her. Actually, I I really do. I the very first one that I read by her, I'll talk about next. But this one I feel like was very early on in my reading of Nora Roberts. And even though, again, I was young when I started reading them and I couldn't understand everything, I could understand enough about that life, about that just, you know, it's busy life that's demanding. But if you love what you do, then it makes it all worth it. And I think the fact that the youngest daughter, that was what she loved. She loved that life. That was her life. That was the life that even though she was born into it, she still chose to stay. Like, she could have walked away from it if she would wanted to, but she didn't because that was the life she wanted. And so I think the fact that even if I'm reading this as a child and I'm reading it going, you know what, good for her. 
good for her that she found something that she loved, something that she was good at, something that she enjoyed, and she continued with it, regardless of everybody telling her she shouldn't or that she couldn't, because there were people who were telling her that she couldn't. And she's like, yeah, no, uh-uh, I'm not about that life. I'm going to show you that I can do it. I'm going to have, I'm going to make you eat your words because I not only can I do it, I can do it better than anybody thought I could. I just, oh, I rooted for her. I love that book so much. It's great. It's wonderful. Montana Sky. Great one. Great one. And again, the descriptions of the area, breathtaking. Breathtaking. I, oh, I'm just picturing it in my head going, ooh, that's that beautiful landscape that you only see in pictures. Well, that, that the majority of us only see in pictures. Because I know some people see it in real life, but, you know, most of us just see it in pictures. And we go, oh, man, that's beautiful. And then we go back to our city life. <laughs> All right. So the next one, this was, again, this was the first one that I ever read by her. And it was a series, Dance Upon the Air, Heaven and Earth, and Face the Fire. So that's three separate books. Three, They're in a series. I loved these books. They're what made me fall in love with Nora Roberts. And again, again, I was 10, so I couldn't understand everything. But when I tell you that I was a 10-year-old who read anything that was given to her, I was a 10-year-old who read anything that was given to her. That's how I ended up reading Nora Roberts, actually. Funny story, this is an aside, but seriously, funny story. When I was 10, and I was over at my aunt's house, they knew that I read. That's what I did. I read, okay? Most kids are out there playing games or watching TV. Now, granted, I did those two. I did. But what I really loved was reading. And when I got, I, I got in trouble for reading Harry Potter because I was told not to, I got, <laughs> instead of grounding me from the TV, or playing games, my mom grounded me and told me I couldn't read. And that was the worst two weeks of my life. I had no clue what to do. Literally, all I did was do a puzzle. <laughs> two weeks. And I still say something about it to her today, because that was a thousand-piece puzzle of a wolf, of a wolf. It was a wolf's face. It wasn't even the full body. It was just a face of this wolf. And even after two weeks, if that's all I did, I still didn't get that dadgum thing put together. <laughs> Oh, man, I was so bad. Anyway, sorry, long story. But one time I'm over at my aunt's, and I'm 10, and I'm bored to tears because I had forgotten to bring a book. And they're all having adult time, you know, watching some movie. I don't even remember what that movie was. I don't know, like one of the greats, you know, one of those movies everybody's supposed to watch, one of those classic movies everybody's supposed to watch, but I'm 10, and I don't care about it, and so I'm sitting here bored to tears, and my aunt tells me to go and grab a book and read, because she's tired of me complaining, so I go to her her book game, and I'm looking at her books going, I don't even know what these words mean, most of them, like, what is, what is this, I, I, what, what, some, what I do is I just take the books and I start looking at the pictures on the cover to see if I would want to read it, to see if it looked interesting. And I happened to pick up Dance Upon the Air by Nora Roberts, 
and I liked the cover. It was a simple cover. It was like, it was, I think it was a, a lighthouse. And I love lighthouses. I've always been obsessed with lighthouses. So I saw a lighthouse and I go, yeah, I want to read this one. I don't even care what it's about. I want to read this one. <laughs> so <coughs> I do. I grab it and I start reading it. And <laughs> the adults when the movie was over see what I'm reading. And they're like, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. You know, no, put that away. And I'm like, I'm too far into it. I'm like, no, I'm not. You can't. Mm -mm. You told me to go grab a book. I'm ra I grabbed a book. Now I'm reading it. You got to deal with it. <laughs> My mom is like horrified that I'm reading this book. But I kept reading it because it was interesting what I had read so far. So was, that was a long, long spiel. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, hey, we're librarians. We are of the opinion that if you are interested in a book and you can grasp it, then you should read it if you want to. Hey, you know, we don't censor what people read. We don't we don't do that. We don't censor what children read. That's not up to us. We don't know what that child is capable of. The parent does, and it's up to the parent to make that decision. But we do not censor. So I'm 10, and if I feel confident in reading this book and I understand it, then... I'm going to read it. <laughs> and I did understand most of it. I just couldn't understand parts of it. Now, I'm sure those who have read romance novels know which parts I couldn't understand. So, I, the summary of this book is this woman, the Dance Upon the Air book. I won't ruin the other two. But, <laughs> but uh, the Dance Upon the Air book, again, which is the first one in the series, it's about this woman, now who is living with her husband and then ends up faking her own death to get out of this abusive relationship. And when she does, she runs and ends up on this island, this small island. I think it was in Massachusetts. Not sure. It was, it was one of the northeastern states. I'm pretty sure it was Massachusetts. Anyway, but it's this really small island with a very small population of people. And when she gets on this island, she's basically out of options. She has nowhere to go, nothing nothing to her name, no money, nothing. And she happens to go into a bookstore and on this island. And when she's in this bookstore, she ends up talking to the owner. And it turns out this, this the owner of this bookstore, this bookstore had a cafe. And the, the cook for the cafe, just quit. So this woman was in need of a cook and now could cook So and bake. So she offers now a place to live and a job. And, you know, she's like, as long as you do what you got to do, like, I'm, I'm cool with it. So Nell is, is, you know, happy. She found herself a, a job that she actually ended up loving and is living on this island far, far from her abusive husband. Well, it also turns out that Nell is a witch and has powers. And it turns out that the bookstore owner is a witch and has powers. So there's this, there, oh man. And then of course, again, because it's the Nora Roberts book, there's love in all of the, in the whole trilogy of the three women that it revolves around. All find love, which is cool and great. Uh, so... I like 
these books. I'm trying like not to ruin too much. There is a a mystery involved, and this mystery involves the magic that the women have, and a, a deeper, darker guy thing person who's out to destroy them. You know that whole thing, but. <laughs> I love it because I like the interactions between the women and, and how their friendship grows over time. But what I really like is that whole magic thing. I thought it was done really well in the fact that this woman now didn't even know. She had no clue. She didn't know that she was a witch and had powers. And so she's learning all about herself in this, in this book. And, She's learning how to overcome these obstacles that are big obstacles. You know, they're not, it's not like, you know, she she had an easy life and an easy childhood that led to an easy adolescence, that led to an easy young adulthood, that led to an easy um, middle adulthood. She didn't have that. You know, she had had a rough time. And so she's having to learn how to accept herself as she is. Be able to accept the things that she's good at, accept the things that she's not good at. One of the, okay, again, spoiler alert. Like, I'm spoiling so much of this stuff. Sorry. As for spoilers, y'all should know by now I'm going to spoil stuff. So, <laughs> in this book, one of the things that always stood out to me, even as a 10-year-old, is at one point in this book, Nell, who is, again, the cook for this bookstore, is so used to being berated for things, even the smallest things, that she's terrified at one point. She's at work. She's doing her thing. Well, she runs out of food for the customers, and she has to make a quick trip to the store to go buy supplies to be able to continue cooking, and she's so paranoid about being berated about this, that it sends her into a panic attack. And the realness of that, the realness of the reaction that this woman had, because that was for her entire life of being mistreated, and that she thought that it was going to go into, it wasn't simply that she would get her, her hand smacked and told, don't do that again. It was that she she thought she was going to get abused that she was going to be uh, physically attacked because of this. And it was it was just heart-wrenching, those emotions, those raw emotions. And that was just so deep and so visceral that I, I don't know, it's always stood out to me. And I think that's one reason why I love Nora Roberts' books is because the emotions that she dives into are real emotions. Those are real things that happen. And it's not just a cookie cutter, oh, we get over it in a day kind of thing that a lot of books seem to want to do, especially romance novels. Romance novels tend to want to do that. They tend to want to make everything peachy and great after a day, you know, but it's that's not what happens. This is a real thing. This is something she's going to be struggling with for years, you know. It's not a, we got over it super quickly, super easily. So, 
I love that she dived into that. I think it just made the book even better that she really was trying to make these emotions and these things that these re- these situations that these characters are going through that could be real life situations, trying to make those as realistic as possible. I I just I thought it was so well done. So that is Dance Upon the Air. Again, it was Dance Upon the Air, Heaven and Earth. And Face the Fire are the three books in that Three Sisters Island trilogy. Loved all three of them. Great series. But, um, yeah, Dance Upon the Air was was the one, the very first Nora Roberts book that I ever read. So, you're welcome. <laughs> all right. So, my next one that I'm going to talk about is one that I love so much that when I saw it at a book sale, at a used book sale, a signed copy of it, I just paid crazy amount of money for that at a used book sale and I didn't care it was the three fates by Nora Roberts and this book this book is another one that I can't explain why I love it so much except for I love those books that you you know that you shouldn't root for somebody because they're doing something wrong but you just can't help it. You just cannot help but root for them. <laughs> so it's it follows it follows six people and their and their interactions with one another. But because it's another one that's a three parter, um, it's not three different books. It's just a three parter. <laughs> In this book, uh, you meet so many just interesting people like the the one woman that you meet first is a neurotic um a hypochondriac who is in Helsinki she's a professor so she's doing this um she's visiting Helsinki to give this this speech thing and she is an authority on certain things and one of the things she happens to be an authority on is the three fates and there okay so there are these three statues of the three fates i'm not even sort of kind of going to try to say their names because i can't remember them except for like cloth was one of them i don't remember the other two so there are these three statues that are real statues that people have in this book that they're physical statues and they are worth a lot of money, but they're worth a lot of money if they're together in a set and they are not in a set. Different people have them. So the people, some of the people in the book are after all three of them because they want the full set. So they, there's a lot of, uh, I don't see. I'm trying. I'm trying for you guys not to ruin too much. I really am. I'm trying not to ruin too much. But some of the some of the main people that you that you meet are after these three statues and are willing to do certain things to get these three statues. And then some of the main people are not willing to do certain things to get these three statues, but they would like these three statues. So but because something happens to them, they end up trying to help get these three statues. It becomes this big conspiracy where these six people are creating plans to break into these places that are fortified (laughs) 
you get these statues? And again, it's one of those things of I should not be rooting for these guys because they're doing something really bad. Like thievery is bad, guys. I shouldn't I shouldn't really have to say that, but I feel like I need to say that. <laughs> thievery is just bad. But you can't help but like these characters and you can't help but root for them in their search for these items and and their uh, stealing of these items. You just cannot help but love them. They're so quirky and so likable. Like, there are a couple of characters that are not as likable. Like, I'm not going to lie. The, the first woman that you meet, the neurotic hypochondriac woman who's very high-strung, very... Whew, I, she's, just, she's just a lot. She's a lot. And I did not particularly particularly care for her as much but the majority of them are just likable people and you're you're like if I met you in real life we would totally be friends I don't even care that you're a bad dude we would totally be friends and hang out like you would be so chill uh, so so that's one reason why I love it so much is just because you you it subverts your expectations <laughs> instead of hating the the bad guy you can no because I mean technically they're bad guys because they're feeding <laughs> but the bad guy who did the initial thieving is the bad guy and you're like oh man okay this is a lot this is a lot I don't know who to root for and who not to root for so I I just liked it I thought it was just cleverly done the amount of knowledge that went into writing about people stealing from highly secure areas. I don't want to know how much research she had to do for that. That just sounds like a lot of research. Or her, her assistant. I don't know who she had doing the research on that. Maybe she hired a research staff. I don't know. But that was just, oh, it was just so good. It was good. The Three Fates by Nora Roberts. Highly recommend it. So far, I've talked about some great ones. <laughs> like, all these books. Now I want to go reread these books, even though I've reread them 700 times. Because they're great books. They really are. Alright, my last one that I want to talk about. There are a lot. There are a lot that I could talk about. But in this case, the last one that I want to talk about, I feel like my uh, family would get mad if I didn't talk about them. Because this is probably one of the only book series that my family can agree on. <laughs> We're all so different in our reading prep. I'm the only one who's like an eclectic reader. I'll read anything. The rest of them are very particular in what they read. Yet, we all agree about this particular one. And that is the, um, oh, I can't remember if there's, I think it's the Circle Trilogy. Sorry. It's the Circle Trilogy, uh, which is Morgan's Cross, Dance of God, and Valley of Silence. And... Oh, man. Okay, so I'm not a big vampire person. I don't like vampires. I don't I don't enjoy reading about these soulless demons and everybody's obsession with them. I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand why that craze started. They're literally soulless demons. Like, I don't I don't know why that's considered great. I don't know. Whatever. And they drink blood. Like, that's gross. I'm sorry. That's gross. Okay? It's just gross. So... Sorry, that's my little thing. But this series is about vampires. 
that being said, this series is about vampires. And I have talked about them in a previous podcast. I remember that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about them again because they are great books. Like I'm not gonna lie, as much as I hate vampires, I liked this series. And it starts out, it's this guy named Hoyt in Ireland in I think it was like the eleven hundreds, something like that. I mean, it's way, way, way back. And he is you meet him and he's devastated and he's upset and he's trying to get revenge on this vampire who killed his brother and his twin brother and you know he's just oh he's angry and blah 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 well then it turns out that she didn't kill his twin brother she just turned his twin brother into a vampire then his twin brother tries to attack him because he's a new vampire yeah you know so Hoyt is just devastated and he's just upset and his family is, is torn apart and it's just, oh, it's, it's sad. Well, he gets visited by Morrigan, who is a an Irish god, and she grants him the ability to travel in time, forward in time, uh, because she is trying to get together a group of people who are going to save the world. And Hoyt is one of them. And so she does. She sends him forward in time to modern day, which this was early 2000s. So <laughs> modern day with, you know, 20 years removed. And they are, uh, he, he meets up with his brother again, who now at this point is like 900 and some years old. And his brother has managed to get control of himself. He's, <laughs> he used his time wisely and now he's a billionaire. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. I mean, you had 900 years, so I'd hope that you had money at that point. So, <laughs> so they, together with a few, like five, four other people, God, I can't math, four other people, they go on this journey to try and save the world. Now, the world is being uh, threatened by this woman who is a vampire. She's the same vampire that turned the brother hundreds of years before. So she she's like two thousand years old. I think I'm pretty sure it said two thousand years old. And so she's talk about somebody who has nothing but time, am I right? Bunch. Okay, sorry. But uh so they uh they're they all band together to go fight this woman and her massive army of vampires and part of the the journey takes them to Ireland. But then it also, after that, takes them to a magical world where a couple of the characters are from. So you get to meet so many different characters and, and see so many different places in this series. And I like that she got to play with it a little bit. She got to create her own world, you know? I mean, granted, a lot of the descriptions of this other world sound an awful lot like Ireland. But... <laughs> But it was still nifty, you know, because she's not constrained to Irish cities. Even if the descriptions do sound very Irish in nature, she doesn't. She's not restricted to specific Irish places. She can make up places of her own and change a bit of things or some things, and she does. And I liked that. I liked that it went from being fully ingrained in ingrained in our world to no, she's not just threatening our world. She's threatening another world too so I don't know I really liked it 
I don't want to go too much more in depth on that because I think it's worth a read. And I know some people are like, oh, you spoiled it and I can't read it. So I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to give too much away. But it's great. It's wonderful. And again, because it's Nora Roberts, they fall in love. <laughs> but there are some tragedies along the way. I mean, no good drama is is quite as good without a good tragedy. <laughs> and there is some drama. There is. There's a lot of drama, actually. There's a ton of drama. Like a like a teenage, what is it, Degrassi? Like Degrassi up in here. Not, not quite that bad. But it is good. Uh, I think that one of the, like not only is it do I like it because of this other fantastical world, which is a large part of it. Not gonna lie, I, y'all know me. I love me some fantasy novels, so I love that there's this whole other world in there. But I like it too because. I feel like her characters usually in her novels are so different. Like, now granted, you'll have series that have similar characters across series. But in the books, the characters are so different. Yet the fact that they're able to work through those differences, work around those differences, and appreciate them, it says a lot. It says a lot. You don't see that very often. You don't see people appreciating those differences and learning to accept them and appreciate that person because of their differences. You just don't see that very often. And I I like that she did. I like that she pointed it out. She had no problem with that. So I, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. I still, Birthright's my favorite. (laughs) Birthright will always be my favorite. But this one's close. This one's close. And that's, uh, again, the Circle Trilogy. So Morgan's Cross, Dance of the Gods, and Valley of Silence. I love them. Highly recommend them. So we talked about a few. Like, you know, we talked about a couple series and a couple parted books and a standalone novel. And, again, I could talk so much more. Because there are a good number that I really like. As a matter of fact, Hot Ice is a really good one. It's her very first one. I loved it. Oh my god. I oh I did. I loved it. Matter of fact, I loved it. It's it's up there too. Um because it's one of those two where you don't know who to root for. <laughs> and because, you know, not everybody's good, not everybody's bad. So I mm, I don't know. That's all I'm gonna say. It's a good one. But uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed the list. If you've never read Nora Roberts before, I hope this gives you some ideas on where to start if you want to start reading them. I, I recommend them. She's one of my, she's my favorite contemporary romance author. I have a favorite historical romance author, Julia Quinn. But uh, I, she's my favorite contemporary romance author. And I, I it's because of her, the depth in her books. It's not just a romance. There are a, a lot of other things going on in there. Yeah, it's a romance. People fall in love and yada, yada, yada. But there's so much other things going on in there, which I like for a romance novel. I like there to be more to the story than just star-crossed lovers, which is probably why I am not a fan of Nicholas Sparks. Sorry. No, I'm just not. But that's okay because other people are, and that's okay. Anyway, so 
quick run through again. That was Birthright by Nora Roberts. That was Montana Sky by Nora Roberts. That was Dance Upon the Air, Heaven and Earth, and Face the Fire by Nora Roberts. That was The Three Fates by Nora Roberts. And that was Morgan's Cross, Valley, or Dance of the Gods, <laughs> Valley of Silence, sorry, um, by Nora Roberts. So I, I really, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it gives you some ideas on what to read. Or maybe you just want to revisit them after talking about it. Maybe you've already read them and you loved them too. Or maybe you read them and you didn't love them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody has their own opinions and that's great. I love it. So I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you again for tuning in to another podcast by CCPL. And I hope we get to see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.